Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. Today on American Glutton, I talk to Kumail Nanjiani. He's an actor and comedian and has undergone a radical body transformation. He has all the abs. Please enjoy our talk. Kumail. I'm sitting outside. It's such a gorgeous day. It really is a beautiful day. And we've had so few beautiful days recently. I know. In a way, it's been honestly kind of a blessing because I don't trust people to take this seriously. So in a way, all the rain, I'm like, good, day home. I've been thinking like, if they could have cooked up the perfect weather to keep people inside in California, they did it. It was like it never rains, and then suddenly since this, it's just been raining constantly. It's perfect. It's perfect. But then the flip side is on days like today, when the hills are green for the first time in six months, it there's an extra bit of a calling to go outside. Just the smog is gone, and you can look so much farther. It's like absolutely beautiful right now. We still, you know, we go on walks. Um, we're very careful. We put on masks and stuff, but we go on walks and it just, the air quality is so much nicer because uh, uh, my wife, Emily, has like this, um, you know, she's in a high risk group and one of the reasons is because she's got some lung issues. So she's very aware of air quality all the time. Right. Like she could tell the difference. She's a canary in the coal mine and it's been like, you know, that part of it isn't great for her. Yeah, I mean, when 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 we look outside, it seems clearer. And then there's all that data I saw out of China, which kind of in the midst of the shutdown, that certainly the areas over Wuhan, the the carbon coming out of there had diminished by a massive rate. No, man, we've made a hell on Earth for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In more than in more ways than one, too, I'm afraid. All right. I wanted to ask you, I definitely want to talk about, I want to get into eventually some of this COVID stuff and what you're doing at home, but I'm really interested in kind of anyone changing their body in any way, actually. And uh, we met a long time ago and, and you, I would have never picked you as a guy who ever even thought about your body, and maybe you didn't, but you did massively transform. And I want to know what that was like, and what, was there any psychological aspect to it that was difficult, and, and how did you do it? Well, that's a good question, you know, because uh, I have always, and I was trying to think about this, I was like, why did I have this image of like this perfect male body in my head? And it might have been, you know, being a fan of Arnold and being a fan of Sylvester Stallone, like in the 80s, you know, like I loved Commando, watched that over and over, watched Terminator over and over, watched the Conan movies, like 
Um, so I always was honestly really like, I was really jealous of, this is going to sound weird, but I was always very aware of who was in shape, who wasn't in shape, who's, who's like male body uh, I thought aesthetically was pleasing, you know? So I was, it was something I was very, very aware of and I would always notice, like since I can remember. And to be honest, um, I had a weird relationship with food and also my own body, uh, especially in my teen years from probably, I know that's weird for so many, you know, that era is so weird for so many people, but from the age of probably about 12 to, I would say my mid twenties, I had a, you know, I, I didn't like how I looked at all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I became very acutely aware of, of how there were a lot of men in better shape than me, you know? So that was something that, it was one of those things that when I was 12 or 13, I'd assume like at some point I'm going to look like that. I'm going to have abs and I'm going to be in good shape and just kind of never happened because my relationship with food had been just sort of weird. Like uh, I, as someone who'd never been really, really overweight, I spent a lot of time thinking about it. I weigh myself every day and I have for for years and years and years, like well before this transformation, you know. Really? And so, yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a weird, I've had a weird thing with it. I don't, I, I don't have body dysmorphia. That's a very strong word. Although I can feel a little bit of it creeping in every now and then when, now that I've done this specific transformation. But yeah, I've been weighing myself every single day for at, at least, at least 10 years, maybe a little bit longer than that. And I would sort of go on diets and then I would completely like binge some days and like really just, I call it going wood chipper. I would go wood chipper and just like shove food into my face. And and then I feel the guilt from it and, and all this stuff. So always, I remember when I was like 13 or something, one of the first chains we got in Pakistan was KFC. We got Kentucky Fried Chicken. That was one of the first like Western food chains we got. And I remember going there eating loving the food so much and then the tremendous amount of guilt I felt afterwards. I remember that feeling so specifically, like this sort of crushing guilt and uh, in some ways dislike of myself for doing what I'd done. And so, um, wow, man, I don't know if any of this is getting to your question, but just to say that wanting to be in great shape was something that was that I've been thinking about forever and I just had not been able to commit myself to doing it for, for all these reasons and more. No, but it, it, so, it does get to the question because I think it's all perspective, certainly, but like my, I would have looked at a guy like you from even 10 years ago and gone, he's perfect. Do you know what I mean? And 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 I know that that's totally subjective and that we could all have desires of where to get and, and what to get to. But it, I find it fascinating that I, I really do find it fascinating that I think a lot more people are thinking a lot more deeply about this than I than I give credit to. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I never, you know, 10 years ago, even though I thought I looked fine, I... There was briefly a time I remember right before I met Emily, and that would have been 2006, so 14 years ago. There was briefly a time where I was like, where I was exercising a lot, watching what I eat. I I didn't do the transformation that I, I I didn't look how I look now, but I was like pretty lean. I was in decent shape. But then once I started dating Emily, I just kind of started eating a lot more French fries. And so there was, after, after a couple of years after I met Emily, I sort of was like, okay, I am not in good shape. I don't like how I look. And I sort of stayed like that for for a very long time. You know, like I, I didn't like taking my shirt off even in front of Emily. Um, by the way, now you can't get a shirt on me. Uh, <laughs> I've become insufferable. And so, uh, yeah, I, I had this issue for a long time. And then honestly, it was November of 2018, I had this meeting with Marvel, and they basically were like, we want you to play this character. He's a superhero. 
And his secret identity is that he's a Bollywood movie star. And in that meeting, my first thought was, okay, now I'm going to get in the shape that I've wanted to get into since I was 12 years old. You know, I knew in that moment that it was going to happen, that I was, that I was going to do it. You know, those moments, I'm sure you've had it too, where some, there's something you've been trying for a long time or something you want for a long time. And then there's one moment where you're like, oh, okay, now I'm locked in and there's no doubt it's going to happen. Like the other thing for me was, you know, I was a cigarette smoker for a long time. Not for a long time, for a few years. I quit a long time ago. But I tried to quit like six or seven times. But then the last time I quit, when I was like, oh, that was my last cigarette, I just knew that that was what was going to be. I knew that I had quit for good. I don't know what it was. I don't know why. But it was that same feeling now where I was like, okay, now next year I'm going to be in the best shape of my life. And so the the, the, the transformation, you know, the, the hard thing in the beginning was there were a couple of things that were tough, right? Was there's a deadline. The movie starts shooting at a specific time. So you have to get in shape like on schedule, which is at that point, it was about eight or nine months I had. It took me, ended up taking me a little bit longer than that. So there's always this thing in the back of your head that's like, what if I don't get there in time? Right. Um, and then just getting through the actual workout. We had this, we have the same trainer, you and I, Grant. It was amazing. Amazing. And uh, in the beginning, those workouts were physically so difficult that it did start affecting me psychologically. Like I would sort of think about, you know, I knew when the next workout was coming. I'd get really scared. Getting over the psychological aspect of it was tricky. Getting over the amount of physical pain that you would go through for an hour and a half every other day was tricky uh, for the first couple months, honestly. Uh, and, and, uh, I, I talked about this before, but I honestly had to like change my relationship to pain. Like I remember being like, okay, my whole life is geared towards avoiding pain. And now I have to rewire my brain to want pain. Like I have to be able to chase the pain. Right. And I know this sounds sort of, this sounds weird, but I had to do it. I had to be like, oh, if it hurts, you have to make it hurt a little bit more. And if it doesn't hurt, you have to make it hurt. Like, And you have to hurt a little more than you hurt last time. And that was a big corner for me. You know, that, that turned a big corner for me. And then the with the nutrition stuff, I realized while I was worrying about what I was eating, I wasn't really that knowledgeable about it. So really, really learning how my body reacts to specific foods, what foods make me feel good, what foods um, give me energy, what foods take away energy from me, um, what foods will allow me to achieve this this goal that I had. You know, that was the other aspect of it. And I, I learned a lot in this last year and a half. Touch on two things. The thing with pain, I think, is so key. I kind of learned that riding bicycles. My entire life was spent exerting myself as little as possible and experiencing as little physical discomfort as possible. And then there, there's just a total mental shift where if you want to ride a bike for a long period of time, and I was up to like 400 miles a week on a bike at one point. (laughs) Yeah. You have to enjoy suffering. Like that's, a huge part of it. So it really does start with just thinking about it differently. And then eventually, like you said, like you have to push it. It has to become more and more like we do with weightlifting, progressive overload. Like it can't just be the same every day because you'll adapt and, and you'll no longer be experiencing that discomfort, which means that you're progressing. Um, so that I think is very key, like our what our relationship and what our understanding of pain is, because obviously pain can be too much and we can damage ourselves and then we can't continue on this journey. And that's certainly not it. But it is it is a, a rethinking, a restructuring thought around what the idea of pain is. That's very insightful talking about your relationship with food because you're not necessarily no carb you eat carbohydrates right i was very very low carb during the shooting of the movie uh so that was an interesting journey too. my sort of how i did because i did a bulk and then i did a cut 
and that cut in a way was a real mind fuck um because that i learned a lot there um and i probably didn't approach things i would not advise someone to approach things the way i approached them eventually ultimately my, my results were good but the journey wasn't um it just didn't give me as much confidence as it should have so but now you know i do eat carbs uh i eat carbs every day but I do track how many carbs I eat, um, and I track how much protein I eat, and I track how much fat I eat. So I'm not I'm not no carb now, no. Right, and and that was one of the things when we talked about carbs, and I was like, "Do you eat rice?" You said no. Rice is kind of off the table. Yeah, yeah, man. I still haven't had rice. Uh, I still haven't. I, eat, I so the last time I had rice, real rice was. Couldn't even tell you, man. I honestly couldn't tell you. It's amazing because it's such a part, like it's such an easy carb for me. You know, a cup is 45 grams of carbohydrates. Like I know it so well, but your relationship with it causes you to stay away from it. Yeah, I just love it too much. You know, I'm Pakistani. We grew up with obviously eating rice all the time, and I just love rice so much. I know I can't, I can't open that door. You know, it's like heroin. Like I can't just do a little bit of it. Um, <laughs> and and this last year and a half, I've just learned so much. And honestly, you know, I'm very proud of the lifestyle changes I made. Um, it is one of the things that I'm most proud of that I've ever done. And I just don't want to jeopardize that. And I know, I just know that rice is a bad one for me. I think of pasta as a bad one for me. And for me, it's pasta and kind of high fat stuff. So like I stay away from cheese and I could very easily set my macros for the day that would allow me to have cheese or pasta. But those are the things that I, (laughs) you know, stay away from. Yeah, see, I have no affinity for pasta. I haven't even had pasta, like, I probably haven't had pasta in the last few months, but just because I don't, Pakistani food doesn't really have a lot of pasta, so I didn't grow up, like, loving pasta. You know, for me, it's it's bread and rice, and so I completely cut out rice. Now, bread, I'll do, and, uh, you know, I try and keep my carbs to fruit, potatoes, sweet potatoes, like, those kinds of things. And then, here's my newest thing that I, that I do is I just uh, I love like sweets a lot. I love pastries a lot, and I had to be like I can't live without that stuff. You know, I just cannot. I, I lived without it for a long time while I was shooting the movie, but I was like I I just too much joy from it, and so I do now. Uh, basically, for a year I ate no refined sugar. Now I will eat refined sugar every now and then, and sort of build into my macros like eating a, a pastry you know since the shutdown has happened we go into the store and certain things are out and you know the stores are in the areas that we live i wasn't finding rice for a while and then i went into this one small market and there were pallets of 20 pound bags of rice and my first thought was to text <laughs> you and i had to stop myself because i was like i I don't know that just because there's a shutdown that he started eating rice again. What a terrible thing to text him if he's not <laughs> eating it. Um, but you've got no, the pastries. The pastries are the way to go. Yeah, right now it's pastries because um, here's because you can do, you know, there's not, with pastries, they're all so different that there's like not one taste that I get addicted to, whereas with rice, with white rice, just plain white rice, I could honestly just eat plain white rice for days on end, and I used to. Yeah, and and I just like that flavor. I just had to. I just had to get out of my head. I just had to be able to live without it because what I'm giving up ultimately is a lot smaller than what I'm gaining from from giving it up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, for me, it's a no brainer. Um, you know, and then if we get into like the ideas of body dysmorphia dysmorphia to a greater or lesser degree i'm doing maintenance right now so i'm kind of riding out this this whole thing not trying to gain or lose weight and every day that i'm not losing weight i just perceive that i'm fatter which 
I'm exercising and the scale is telling me I'm the same weight, but it's hard for me to not see a fatter person. That is so extremely relatable to me because, and I think I got stuck in that mindset when I sort of had to do a cut before the movie. So basically last year I started, you know, I was shooting something else, but I started working with Grant. I was out of town and I would do workouts that he told me, but I didn't really dial it in until let's say end of February. Right. And the movie started shooting in September. So I did a bulk where I ate protein, but I also ate, he, Grant was like, you got to eat a lot of carbs. You got to eat a lot of fats. We just want to put as much muscle on you as we can. And then we'll, well, get the fat out, right? I I went from about, I was about 146 pounds, which is pretty small, to 175 pounds. Now, that a lot of that was fat because those pictures that I posted on Instagram, the shirtless pictures. The thirsty I'm about the thirsty, the thirsty shirtless pics. I'm about 152 pounds there. So if you think, I go up to 75 a 175 and now i had to lose like almost 25 almost 25 pounds so that really became i was like okay i've miscalculated the movie starts shooting in three months i gotta lose all this weight and so i was getting on the scale every day and at that point every day the scale is the same is a big failure right and now i'm feeling like that too even though I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to maintain. I'm not trying to gain or lose weight right now. But when I get on a scale and I see that the number is the same as yesterday, part of like, I'm like rewired. It's like a Pavlovian thing. I'm like rewired to feel bad a little bit. And I have to like talk myself out. of it. Yeah. I, I find that I'm talking myself through this kind of stuff every day. And it's like, I, I did my workout. Today's workout was higher reps and sets than last week's workout on this day. So I'm progressively overloading. I haven't gained weight. Like I literally have to recite these things like a mantra just to just to like <laughs> settle myself down. It's wild. Dude, I had this thing where, you know, I sort of talked about this, but, but when I look in the mirror for the first five seconds, I look great. And then I... I see my body change in front of me. I see literally, I look in the mirror in the morning. I look at myself. I look good. And I literally physically see my body change in five seconds. And then I only see the flaws, right? I only see like, oh, that doesn't look as good as life. Oh, that needs to be developed. That's what happened. This will look better life or whatever. Emily did this exercise with me. This was just last week, dude. She was like, look in the mirror, cover your face, and pretend that's just a guy you saw somewhere. How would you feel about that body? And honestly, that exercise really um, helped gain a little bit of perspective. Obviously, there's no like magic bullet; it doesn't change immediately. But but that was the I do that now when I look and I don't like how I look. I cover my face. I say, "You just saw that guy at a, at the beach. How do you feel about how he looks?" And that sort of helps me a little bit. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes perfect sense because I generally walk around thinking everybody looks great. You know, it's, it, it, it's, <laughs> yeah. pr it's pretty rare that I'm actually critical of another person's body. I, you know, it's gotten a little weird in the arena of bodybuilding because I was like you as a kid, like growing up, Stallone and Schwarzenegger were kind of the, the epitome of perfection. And now... We've got guys that are like, even if you look at like Ronnie Coleman compared to to Schwarzenegger, it's like, what this is, this is crazy. Look at his traps. Look at all the definition in all the different places. Like you look at some pictures of Schwarzenegger, he doesn't even have abs or he has like four abs, you know? Um, yeah, totally. Uh, he, I think Arnold to me is the best. That's like to me the pinnacle of like the male muscular male body, because like you're saying, these guys are so big. Now they're so vascular. They don't look healthy. Like the color of their skin is weird. The skin is also so tight. It's like paper thin. Um, I just, it, it just doesn't look at whereas Arnold looked huge, but also like healthy. Yeah, he really did. He did not look unhealthy at all. No. And so, uh, uh, you know, I, w I also got into watching like bodybuilding documentaries 
and I had to stop because that was off the fucking with my head. Where I would like look in the mirror. I would honestly watch a documentary, love watching it, have a great time. I'd watch it alone. Emily has zero interest. <laughs> um, and then I'd go look in the mirror, and I would feel so inadequate. And I had to make a decision to stop watching those documentaries and and uh, unfollow a lot of those people on Instagram. Really. Yeah, because those guys, man, I some some of those guys are just so they just look. I'm like, I'm never gonna look like that, and that's okay. I, you know, I, I don't want to look like that, but still, it, it it just fucks with my head. Yeah, I think it fucks with my head a little bit too. I, my wife has caught like um, turned on the TV and seen that I had been watching Generation Iron or one of these things, yeah, dude. and just gone like, <laughs> "What are you doing?" Like this, I was not, I was not up for any of this. Like, I don't know <laughs> what's happening here, and and I agree, I'm never going to look like any of those guys either. Um, but when I do the math. I, I realize, like I'm, I'm as big as Arnold Schwarzenegger, if not more muscular. So if I just lose fat only, I'll be bigger than he was, which doesn't make sense to me either. Dude, you look great. You, I can say this. I've seen a short list picture of you. You look amazing. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, Really, really. Mid mid maintenance. I don't feel like like you can like we haven't seen each other in a while now. So no, but I, dude, you. It's it's not. I can I can the perspective I don't have for myself. I have for other people, and I'm telling you, last time I saw you was what like month and a half, two months ago, and you've been maintaining. If anything, you look better now. It's very kind of you. I appreciate that. And this whole thing was designed to get a compliment out of you. <laughs> hey man, if you told me we could have done a much shorter podcast, I would have done it right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I think you look fucking insane. You have every ab that I want. <laughs> Thank you. There's, I don't know, man. There's one down there that could use a little definition, and I'm not even joking. Here's what it is. Here's the issue as you were talking about progressive overload, right? We're sort of, I've sort of been trained everything I do. It's like, you never think you're done. You always want to get a little better, right? You want to get a little funnier. You want to get a little better at acting. Um, I play video games. I want to get better at that. I play sports games. I want to get better at that. You're just sort of trained to get a little bit better each time. And so even with working out, like if you, if I had seen a picture of myself, today if i'd seen it two years ago i'd be like perfect hit save on that don't want to change a thing yeah but now that i'm here i want to keep pushing it right it's, it's not enough now i want to i'm doing the progressive overload thing too you know obviously we all are but in quarantine it's become more important to me somehow like and i think part of it's that so much of our lives are out of our control that's the thing you can control you really want to control and to me so much of and this is a, there's a good and a bad part to this but so much of the working out and diet is about control um and so as control in other arenas of my life has disappeared i've poured it all into this so when i work out these days my workouts are so intense and so fucking hard and I'm pushing myself so much every single time. And so that's, it, I just, it just feels like, you know, it, it just feels like it's not enough. Like you want more, you want to push it more. You want to like, you want to get a little leaner. You want a little more definition. You want to, you know, that stuff. Yeah. I find that I'm going to failure a lot more because I don't have, you know, unlike uh, normally I'm, if I'm doing, a bench press on my own, I'm not ever really going anywhere near failure because I don't want to be the guy with the with the barbell stuck on my chest in the gym. Right. But at home, I'm doing relatively I don't have dumbbells that are gonna compete with anything I could do at the gym. And it's either that or push-ups. So I wind up going to failure, but then I get psychologically screwed because three hours later, I feel like I did nothing because it was all body weight or light dumbbells. So even though I couldn't do them anymore, I haven't taxed myself in quite the same way. And I, and I'm talking to people who are, who are going like, this is all you need to do to maintain through this period of time. 
don't worry. But, you know, I, I, going to the gym and lifting really heavy things, I can definitely not be able to do that the next day. And I find that everything I'm doing is re- repeatable every day, basically. Um, yeah, but it, like they said, it's just a different way of training. And I'll, I'll tell you, man, when I was shooting the movie, I was doing basically, you know, the traditional split, which you and I both do because we've seen each other at the gym is you split up your body parts and you hit them once or twice a week. Right. And you give them a couple rests. When I was doing, when I was shooting Eternals, I was doing basically the same workout, full body workout every day and i would do a heavy day i would do a light day i'd do a heavy day i would do a light day with high reps right so i was like hitting chest every single day and i'll tell you um even though i never felt sore i I felt like i could do it every day i'm telling you i got really a lot stronger very quickly right right i think that's gotta be it yeah and so now that i have Obviously, I don't have access to a gym, and I have a very limited equipment. I'm sort of back to doing the work that I was doing then. So I'm doing basically full body workout every day, and I can I can again feel myself getting stronger. I guess I am too, because my because the first week that just the volume of pushups is has gotten much greater. So that's a sign of strength. I but I but then I get I get hung up on well no is that a sign of endurance and not strength and you know what I mean? I'm just bitching at this point though. I I'm not No, but well I I've read I I've, I first of all, let me say I understand your bitching like I completely completely relate to it like I fucking get it man like we think the same way about this but I've read a lot of like I've read a lot of like scientific papers about this stuff. Like I got, you know, I'm, I'm, everyone says they're a nerd, but I genuinely am a nerd in the way like traditional nerd, right? Like, uh, comic books, video games, horror movies, sci-fi movies, being really into science as a kid. So I really got into the science of this last year and I let, read a lot of different papers and the new, new hotness in, in weightlifting is higher volume, uh, every day doing sort of um, a full body every day rather than just like once or twice a week uh, is a, is a better, you, you know, gives you better hypertrophy. And so going to, in, to, you know, you're like increasing your endurance. Muscles grow in different ways. You can lift heavy weights like five times, five reps, and that'll make you grow. But also doing like a hundred pushups will also make you grow. It's just, doing all all the different ty- kinds of things you can. Right. Yeah, I I do I do think that this kind of disruption is is actually good because you can get kind of set into a routine and that can that can also uh, adversely affect growth, you know. Exactly, exactly. And I think so much of for me, you know, we were we were saying um Earlier, when we were talking about like changing your relationship to pain, the next step of that is you go from hating the gym to tolerating the gym to loving the gym, right? Like you love working out, right? I love it. Yeah, yeah, I love working out too. And so, 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 so for me, this disruption has been good because I do. Uh, I am now a lot more tuned to like, okay. What do I want to do today? What will I enjoy doing today? Because right now, to be honest, the pressure I'm putting on working out is heavy because I have anxiety. I mean, we all do right now. We have anxiety. We're, we're a little scared. There's so much like crazy shit going on in the world. I rely on my workouts to make me feel better. I don't know if that's healthy or not, but I genuinely do. I work out every day and in the afternoon, like I just finished working out and I had like my protein shake uh, right before right before talking to you. I looked forward to the workout and I needed to make me less stressed. I needed to make me less anxious. I needed to make me feel outside of myself. You know, I feel like I'm like really in my head a lot. And so now because of that, I'm a lot more intentional about what exercises can I do that I will enjoy? Whereas when I go to the gym, you sort of have a plan. You do like a press exercise and you do a fly, then you do this and you do this. You can sort of go on autopilot, right? Yeah. Now I feel like I'm 
I'm really, I'm really wanting to do the stuff that I really enjoy. And I'm realizing, oh yeah, every workout should feel like this. Every workout should feel, you should feel engaged through every rep of every set. That's the goal. That's a great way to put it. I hadn't thought of that at all. I definitely, I definitely know that, you know, in, in kind of real life or whatever real life was prior to all this, that the days that I went to the gym were better days. And I know on the few days that I haven't worked out since this started, they have been by orders of magnitude worse days for me. (laughs) And and so, Yeah. yeah, I use it in that way. It is almost medicinal, but, but I haven't thought of it in terms that you're putting it like figuring out the things that I do. I just kind of, also have my plan written out and I'm sticking to my plan. But I think that's very smart because there are certainly exercises that I do on my own that I, that make that increase that feeling exponentially. Um, and I could probably just focus on those some more, but I'm basically doing what you're doing too, a full body workout every day. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, there are, if there's an exercise, this is what I've been doing. If there's an exercise that I'm like dreading looking, like dreading doing it, what I do is, is the, the issue is, right, like if you want to, you just are limited, right? There aren't that many machines available to us right now. So what I will do is I'll superset that exercise with something that I do enjoy doing or... Some days I'll superset that with the other exercise I don't like doing. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be the little part of it that's not going to feel good, but it's not going to feel good for like this amount of time. And then you can go do something that you do enjoy doing, you know? And also I've been changing up the workouts based on, uh, you know, as I get bored of exercises and stuff. So so uh, I'm trying to enjoy the workouts as much as I can. I'm also taking this opportunity to sort of be like to work on like my weak points, you know, um, just just like like specifically strength wise, what my weak muscles are. So I'm trying to be like, okay, uh, since I don't have access to a lot of different movements, what are the things I can do to sort of help my lagging the the lagging area? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's really, that's really smart. And you notice that you're getting stronger in those areas. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, for instance, um, my biceps have always been weak. You know, they they just haven't been. I just know compared to the rest of my body, I've been with, I've worked out with guys who can push the weight I can push. But then they can do more with their biceps than I can. And I just have always known my biceps, are sort of a weak point. So I've really, really been focusing on a lot of bicep work. 
And I've honestly noticed the difference. My arms have grown and my T-shirts do feel a little bit tighter. Part of it is I just don't like training biceps. I find it very boring. But now that I'm forced, forced myself to do it in the beginning and I can like, start seeing and feeling the difference, now that motivates me to keep going, even though it's not my favorite like body part to work on. Now I actually am a little excited to work on it. Right. Yeah. That, that kind of, those, those improvements are the things that keep, keep me going the most, any kind of improvement. And usually it's visual for me where I actually see a difference. Uh, And and it tends to be something I haven't been paying attention to. And then all of a sudden I notice it. Um, Yeah, exactly. And that's what, that's what I have noticed with my biceps. I, I can feel, like I said, the shirts are a little bit tighter. The other area, you know, that I had traditionally never worked on that then last year I really worked on was abs, right? I was like, okay, I don't have a strong core and I really, really want like abs that pop, right? Like, like it was an aesthetic thing. It was a shallow thing. And so last year's big project was shoulders and abs. Like I really spent a lot of time working on those. And, and I think those, I got it to a pretty good place. But now that we're in quarantine times, I'm like, okay, let's see if I can push them a little bit more. Cause, cause I've sort of been coasting on those areas a little bit. And I was like, okay, now let's see, let's see if I can make more improvement. Right. Well, I, I, I think when I think about like the most impressive guys more recently, like obviously we talked about Schwarzenegger and Stallone when we were kids, but like more recently, I just think about like, you know, obviously the rock looks great, but, but, but really I always go to Brad Pitt in fight club. And, and I think all he really had going for him was abs and shoulders. Like he was, not a big guy. He was a pretty small guy and your abs and shoulders. Like I feel like they're pretty on point. So any increase, any improvement there is going to be outstanding. Oh, thanks man. That means so much. Thank you. Yeah. That, that, uh, that it's true. I've looked up uh Brad Pitt from fight club and in my head, I remembered him being big, but you're right. He's, He's not that big. He just—I mean—he's aesthetically he looks great. Yeah. He's just some people just have muscles that are like shaped right, you know. And Brad Pitt's one of those guys. Like his abs and his like pecs and his shoulders, just like the shape of them is good. There are some guys who you know they'll get huge and they'll look great, but you could see that just like it's just not the same genetic thing. Brad Pitt just has that has that genetic thing, you know, he yeah. still looks great. Did you see a uh, once upon a time in Hollywood? Yeah, he looks awesome. He, 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 but I, and I think, I think genetics are a big part of why he looks so awesome. Yeah. He looks incredible. Yeah. Yeah, he does. But you know, for me, I, I'm like, I do want to get a little bit bigger because you're like, you're like a big muscular guy. You know, I'm never going to, I'm never obviously going to be, as big as you, like we just are completely different structures, but I do want to get a little bit bigger. Like, so, so in the movie, while I was shooting the movie, I was about like, I was always, once I got it dialed in, I was being 150 and 152 pounds. And you really have to maintain pretty steadily because the super suit you're wearing is like really molded to your body. So you can't lose or gain weight. So I kept it about 150 to 152. Right now I'm 155. Uh, but I do want to see if I can get into, at some point, I don't know how long it would take, like add another five pounds, but still stay pretty lean. You know, that's the, I, I want to get a little bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I am 260 right now. And that my goal will be once quarantine ends, I'll go back to cutting and then my ultimate goal is like to, to really see what putting a couple pounds of muscle will even be like, but I, I think it's going to be just for me incredibly hard and take a long, long time because I'm going to have a lot of mental issues with gaining weight on purpose. Sure. Cause you've had obviously such a specific journey, you know, it's yeah. really impressive, man. I mean, I, you know, I, I saw a picture of you from, I don't know when it was, but it's 
your transformation is just so so impressive. And what's impressive about it, and this, I think, must be the hardest thing for people. Certainly one of the hardest things for me in doing this transformation was just how long it takes, right? You can go to the gym, get your ass kicked for two hours, eat like nothing but, you know, protein and, and just like chicken breast all day and egg whites. And the next day, you don't see a difference. Yeah. That's what's hard about it. You can't like, like if I'm like learning lines for a movie, right? I sit down for an hour. I learn my lines. I know those lines. You test me in 10 hours. I know those lines. I see the change has happened. With, with fitness, you don't see the change the next day. You don't see the change the next week. Maybe in a month, you might see a little something, but probably not. You have to trust the process. To me, that's like the hardest part of this. And for you to like, the drastic change you've done and how long you had to stick to it um, at the level you probably had to stick to it to. It just takes, it's, it's, it's really impressive. It takes a lot of mental fortitude. It, it does. And I, I think what you're saying is absolutely right. It takes a little bit of blind faith in going like, okay, we've learned the math of it. This is the math. And we know this to be true. But on day 20, you might not even see a big difference. And and then there's the complication that we see ourselves every day. And so we're not necessarily even noticing these gradual changes. You, you, you wind up getting kind of uh, reinvigorated through needing a new pair of pants. And that becomes the barometer. Or, <laughs> you know, hu- huge movements on the scale that are really only trackable over long periods of time, like you said. So the the in-between is difficult. Yeah, and that's what was tough for me doing this transformation was, you know, what really helped me was when I went in and I told Grant, I was like, I want to look like a superhero. And he was like, okay. He wasn't like, he just felt, he just was so confident, you know, no part of it was like, all right, let's see what we can do. He was like, yeah, we'll get you there. Uh, yeah. He knows the process. He's put, he's gone through the process himself. He's put so many people through the process. Right. So that gave me confidence. However, when you're like two months in and you've been working your ass off and when you look in the mirror and you look nothing like the guy that you want to look like, <laughs> That it's, it's tough to keep going. It really is. I was so startled when I saw the picture of you because I had no idea you were even on that journey. And then I saw you and I was like, this is unreal. You know, it is super unreal for most people who saw that. It is as though you did it overnight. You know what I mean? Right. And it I, took it took a Full year. Right. And I and I'm I'm I've I've been talked to by people who who assume I did my thing overnight too. And I, I've basically been on a diet for 18 years. And and there were massive swings in there. Uh and I and I certainly in the last year have refined it and gotten it kind of to to where I want it to be. Um, and very close to like absolute goals, which is great, but, but the whole journey, it's a long time and it's a lot of days where you really have to have affirmations uh, of knowing you're on the right path because it is very deceptive. Yeah. I had this thing. I remember like, you know, so I've sort of probably walked into a gym when I was 15, right? I was just like really um, I was what you on the internet, they call skinny fat. So like I had no definition. I mean, I was also 15, but I had no definition, but also like a really small arms and shoulders and chest. Right. So I walked into a gym when I was 15 and, uh, and I was sort of off and on going, you know, with weightlifting. And I would have these times where I hadn't gone to the gym in a couple months and I'd be like, man, if I had been going to the gym every day for the last two months, I would feel so good about myself right now. And then ultimately that feeling was kind of the motivator where I was like, all right, the feeling you're fantasizing about right now, you actually can feel like that two months from now. Ultimately, that's not that that's not that far away. You're not going to look radically different in two months, but you will feel like you're like dialed in and you're on on some kind of positive journey right so for me 
that feeling, the, the ache for the way I wasn't feeling, the way I wanted to feel, was what motivated me ultimately to, to really commit to, to doing it because I really wanted to feel like that. Yeah. Yeah, that feeling, that it, it is a magical feeling. I, I also want to say, like, I, I never went into a gym at 15, and I think it took, I had a, um, even as an adult, when I, when I started losing weight and stuff, I didn't go to a gym for a long time because I didn't want to be embarrassed about where I just felt like everybody at the gym was already going to look great. And so I'm going to show up and just be embarrassed about looking the way I did. I want to just say for the record, anytime somebody comes into the gym and you can tell people who are new or even day one people at the gym, I am so excited for them because I know that they are going to, ha- they potentially are going to have like a magical journey. And, you know, now being at a place where every, every little tiny uh, increment is really hard fought at this point the the changes that you're capable of making in the beginning are really radical compared to a year in or a few years in does that make sense yeah definitely definitely like i'm not yet at the point where i mean i'm sure you you know you're so like muscle bound honestly that like you were saying for you first of all it's a mind fuck to gain a couple pounds to gain that couple pounds of muscle, but also you're like, I don't know what our genetic limits are, but you're a lot closer to yours um, than I am to mine. I'm I'm just not like, I'm not a really big guy, but, but after you've been like training hard for even a year or a couple of years, it just gets harder and harder to add a rep, to add five pounds to it, you know? Yeah. And, and, like we, I felt like we spent some time talking about how it is a very long journey and I'm not taking, I'm not denying that it is a very long journey, but I think for people in the beginning, I just don't want anybody to go like, well, I, I don't want to give up a year, but the, the amount of progress you can make in a couple of months as a brand new person who's never worked out is so much vaster than I could make today, or even you could make today. Oh, dude! If, if if from if I was where I am right now, and I could have the first two months of progress on top of it right now, I would be so diesel at the end. Of yes. Two months. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I want to say to people who are a little intimidated of going of going to gym is like nobody's paying attention to you. Everyone's looking at themselves in the mirror. Right. Nobody's like like looking for you or judging you. The only guy I judge at the gym is the guy who's doing like super heavy weight with like terrible form, barely any motion and being super loud and cocky about it. Yeah. That's the only guy I don't like. And and by the way, we're judging them poorly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the guy who's screaming and lifting way, way heavier than he needs to. Yes, and with no range of motion. Yeah, that guy's getting judged for sure. But anybody else, like, go to the gym and be overweight, and I am only rooting for you and excited for you. I love going to our gym, too. I like the mix of people that are there, and I like that. um, But in some ways, it's a serious gym, you know? Like, people are... You you got new people. You got people who have been there for a long time. But there's not, like... People aren't, like, hanging out and socializing. Everybody's sort of doing their own thing there. Yeah. It is a gym for exercise, definitely, which is very... I found to be very rare in Los Angeles. There is a lot of um, socializing in gyms. I walked by it a couple of days ago with Emily and I was like, oh man, I really missed that place. Yeah, me too. Me too. Kumail, thank you so much for joining us on American Glutton Podcast. I really appreciate your time. And I am so excited to see. Oh, I want to talk about your podcast for a moment. You and Emily are doing a podcast uh, that's just going to benefit 
people who are who are suffering from COVID-19, right? Yeah, so we're basically, it's called staying in with Emily and Kamal. We're just doing it for this quarantine period, and the money goes to three different organizations. One organization actually supplies and helps hospitals who um, are actually on the front lines dealing with the um, with, with, with patients uh, who have COVID-19, giving them medical supplies and stuff. There's one organization that helps people in the service industry who are now out of a job, so so provides them, you know, so many people have lost income because of this, so it, so it provides relief to those people. And then there's an organization that um, provides food to people, uh, mainly to children, because a lot of children, now that they can't go to school, um, a lot of kids rely on school meals for their for their healthy meals of the day. So so there's an organization that, that assists with that. Um, and the podcast is basically, uh, you know, we're, we're, we don't get into the science of it or anything. It's just, it's mostly me goofing around. And Emily is a therapist. She was, uh, she's a writer now, but she was a practicing therapist for many years. She's got a master's degree in therapy. And so it's her sort of talking about techniques to cope with this weird situation we're in. Uh, but really, it's just sort of a candid conversation about how we're feeling, and mostly it's entertaining. You know, we really want it to be fun to listen to and funny. We also recommend movies and TV shows and video games and books, but but it's sort of just about how to hang out at home and not go nuts. Right, which which I think is highly useful right now. Yeah, man, it really is. People are, you know, having all kinds of reactions. It's, uh, it's been interesting, you know, I've weirdly gotten in touch with, I feel like I'm more in touch with people now than I've ever been. I've reached out to people who I hadn't talked to in 10 years and gotten, I've been like, wow, I really like this person. I, it's too bad that we sort of just lost contact. People have reached out to me that I haven't, haven't spoken to and, in uh, 15, 20 years, honestly. So it's 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 interesting. People are sort of all reconnecting, and and everybody's going through this so differently. Even though it's a global thing, everybody's having such an individual experience of it and journey with it. You know, so um, I think the more that we can communicate our specific journeys through it, I think it's the more it feels like we're all in it together. Yeah, it feels it feels very valuable to do that. It's like a service. You're being of service. Yeah, Emily, you know, she's, I'm telling you, whoever listens to the podcast, she is made of wisdom. She's one of those people who'll just like casually say something and I'm like, who said that? And she's like, I just did. I'm like, write that down. So she has a document that's just me telling her to be like, write that down. So she's like the perfect person to like give advice on this stuff. That's awesome. I appreciate your time and I look forward to one day working out with you again. Oh, man, I cannot wait. All right, Kumail. Be well. Stay safe. All right. Thanks for having me, buddy. Stay safe. And now for some Q&A. This question comes from Michael. He writes, Hey, Ethan, I was wondering what your thoughts on supplements are. I'm currently 265, down from 300. I have a hard time reaching my protein goals and supplement with a powder. I also supplement with BCAAs, branched-chain amino acids. Some people say they are a waste of money. Others don't. I was just wondering what your thoughts are. Thank you. Thanks for the question, Michael. Don't really take a lot of supplements. I take uh, protein powder. I take whey protein in the morning and casein protein at night. Uh, I take casein protein at night because it is slower digesting so that hopefully the protein is getting into my system while I'm asleep. I don't really take anything else. I, I, I occasionally, when I'm doing... Um, when I'm on a, a very strict cut, which I'm on maintenance right now, but when I'm really limiting my calories, I will make sure to take some uh, omega-3s as a supplement. As far as protein goes, I don't know what, how much protein you're trying to get, but like if you're currently 265 and you wanted to get 260 grams of protein a day, that's roughly what I eat. I, it shouldn't be that hard. I, I, I would I would say to add a couple protein shakes during the day and, you know, eat some stuff that's really high in protein like chicken breasts or fish or uh, 0% fat Greek yogurt. Those are the sources of protein I get. But I don't know 
I don't know that the branch chain amino acids really can make up for not having protein. I, I don't take those. I have taken them and I didn't notice that they did anything, so I stopped taking them. That is what I've got for you, Michael. I hope that helps. Eat your protein and protein powder. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.